On this episode of Hit the Deck, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they play with you? So in Potsdam, PA, the Police Athletic League has had its hands full. Five years ago, when they started the PAL Deck Hockey League, they kind of struggled to get players involved. And they were even saying that there were no Potsdam kids at all. So fast forward to now. And there were no Pottstown kids at all? Well, not playing deck hockey. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no. Has they're... Gritty been visiting that town secretly? And great minds think alike, and Johnny Law has a long reach. So this is the Canadian Police Athletic League. Does that make it the Royal Mounted Police Athletic League? And if so, would they be playing polo? Plus, this is the game that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Every single week without fail, rain or shine, regardless of weather conditions, regardless of how many people show up, they play. And this has been going on, as I said, for 49 years. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 136 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and we are back after another week, not even a full week, actually, and that's something that I want to apologize for straight off the bat. I want to apologize to you, listener, for for kind of dropping the ball on releasing last week's episode, and I want to apologize to Craig for that and for the sound quality, because unfortunately, as you heard, it was a little distorted. We've tried a bit of a new setup this week, so hopefully all those problems will be worked out and, you know, knock on wood... I would knock on this wood table that I've got my mic lashed to, but then you'd hear it go boom, 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 and that would be annoying. So I will say to you, I uh, I hope that maybe it'll even sound a little better from your perspective. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll, uh, we'll find out the same time you do. Well, I'll find out a little sooner than you will. But anyway, not the point. Anyway, how are you, listener? I hope you had a good five days or so. I hope you had a good Mother's Day. Because Mother's Day was this past Sunday. You know what? I want to talk about that. But first, I want to introduce who's talking to you tonight. So you know who's talking about that for your uh, edification. So that being the case, let's jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And, of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. How you doing, James? Breathing. How are you? I am also, I am likewise breathing. Good, that is, you know, it. my minimal state of existence. All right. How was your mother's day? It was very nice. The weather was horrible, but that didn't stop my dad from barbecuing. So I'm happy about that. And uh, saw the other mothers in our family, my sister-in-law, the uh, Saturday before, you know, the night before the mm. actual mother's day, because Saturday was much nicer weather, at least in the New York area. So mm -hmm. very much enjoyed and tried to take care of my mom after especially the horrible year she's gone through. Uh, but one of the toughest, most beautiful people I know and love her and uh, just wanted to show her how important she is to our family. How was your mother's day? Oh, it was, it was good. It was nice. We spent it with my mother and, and my wife's mother and grandmother for a little while. Yeah, it was good. It, it was, uh, you know, good. I guess I don't have I don't have much to say and um, but yeah just, just just good 
good. Well, better than being bad or poor, which is nice. But mm -hmm. uh, I was just curious because I think we talked about this last Father's Day with you being a father and obviously your lovely wife being a mother. Does she think of herself at all on Mother's Day or does she just think of her own mother and, and your mother? Yeah, the second one, mostly. We, we, we had this discussion last week prior to the day and she made it clear in no uncertain terms that it should be treated as any other day. So <laughs> I don't know. Not a lot I can do with that. So, you know. Yes. Well, that's exactly my mother's attitude, too. So that's the type of people that you really want to treat well and, and because they're so humble and they just think they're doing their job, just being the most important job in the world, I think, is being a parent, by the way. Mm -hmm. But God bless. So they, they deserve the accolades the best, the ones that feel that they just want it to be another day. Yeah. And listener, if, if you got the opportunity to spend Mother's Day with your mother, I hope it was a good one. We hope it was a good one and, and that you uh, got to show her the love and affection that, that she deserves. And if you are a mother, we hope that you got shown the love and affection that you deserve. And if you no longer have the opportunity to spend Mother's Day with your mother, then, you know, we hope that you were able to spend the day uh, thinking about her. Yeah. And that was a nice little benefit, too, as the American Rhino. So speaking of being humble. What he had to go through, I don't even know what he goes through week after week, putting this podcast together and making it sound so good and recording it and uploading it and all the important stuff. But last week was really trying, especially we had a, a very special guest in Craig, our new best friend, or among of our best friends in the, uh, the podcast. But the American Rhino really, instead of uploading on Friday as he usually does, had his hands full and had to take the entire weekend to make it sound as good as it does. And basically save it, especially for the fact for Craig, because uh, it was such a great podcast and he was so interesting and, and he lined up so many great interviews that we will have in the future that we had to get that podcast up. So the American Rhino was able to work through the weekend and he had it up and running on Sunday night, which was Mother's Day. So that was a nice Mother's Day gift for all the hockey moms out there, too. So thank you, American Rhino. I know you deflect that as the goalie that you are, but... We really appreciate the great effort you put into it and much, much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, I, you're welcome. But I don't I don't think the listener, you know, cares all that much to hear about how much work I put into editing it. It's just it's part of the gig. You know, it's that's just what it is and move on. All right, fine. But bottom line, there was no podcast without the American Rhinos genius last week. So we can all agree on that, I hope. <laughs> all right, just 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 keep going. It's not OK. Anyway, so. We, we talked about, hey, you know what? I have not been following the NHL playoffs. I know the Bruins are in it because I get updates on my phone every so often about random hockey things from the NHL app, but I really don't know anything in terms of what's going on. I, I've been basically radio silence since the uh, Rangers season ended. What's going on with these playoffs, James? I've actually caught a few games, and yeah, Boston, they are playing the Carolina Hurricanes right now in the uh, Eastern Final. And they are up three games to none at the recording of this podcast. So a game four is being played right now. I don't have a cable box in my living room, so I can't watch the game. But really, so far, they've been dominating the series. And a very impressive win beating Carolina in Carolina because uh, the Hurricanes were, I think, if they even lost a game, the playoff game going into that point, I think they were undefeated or something like that. So Boston's going for it, but the Hurricanes have had such a Cinderella-like postseason. I'm not going to count them out. And in the West, it's the Sharks and the Blues, and um, that's one heck of a series so far. I did not see the game last night, 
But going into that, the first couple were just incredible. Uh, San Jose is really, they, they've been one of the most consistent teams of the last few years. So has St. Louis. They've had some ups, ups and downs, but they've been really such a good team. So that's it's an exciting series to watch. And uh, for game two, it was in San Jose. San Jose were down two to nothing or something. Then they came roaring back, tied it up. And then somehow or other, all that momentum going their way, St. Louis ended up winning that game, which was a huge statement for them. So, so far, it's typical Stanley Cup play action where it's the best of the best and nonstop. So if you can watch a, f- a few games. But I understand. I feel the same way, too. When your favorite team's not in it, at least you don't have to live and die, which is nice. You can watch and enjoy a little bit more and see the beautiful game without killing yourself or the adulation of uh, overtime victories and whatnot. So definitely, if, if you can watch a game or two, please do so. And it's baseball season. I have another team to disappoint me. Yeah, that's true, too. So what, what's the what's that series, that Sharks Blue series stand at now? At the recording of this podcast, San Jose is up two games to one right now. Ooh. <laughs> leading Sharks. Do, 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 do. Oh, leading no. Sharks. Do, 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 do. Leading Sharks. Do, 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 do. Leading Sharks. San Jose. Do, 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 do. San Jose. Do, 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 do. San Jose. Do, 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 do. San Jose. Beat the blues, do 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 do. Beat the blues, do 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 do. Beat the blues, do 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 do. Beat the blues. Two to one, do 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 do. Two to one, do 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 do. Two to one, do 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 do. Two to one. You'd better pray that they don't win the cup, James. Oh Lord. Yeah, I I walked right into that one, but they won an overtime game to take the two games to one lead. So we'll see how that turns out. In in OT in OT speaking of sound quality all right all right I'm sorry I'll stop thank you I'm not that sorry but I will stop either way thank you mm-hmm all right anything else going on I didn't see any blockbuster movies this week although spider-man is gonna be coming out pretty soon Cool. I was going to ask you if you saw any of the trailers for Spider-Man, but you haven't seen Endgame yet, and there are spoilers, so you can't watch the trailer until you see Endgame, James. Yeah, that's okay. I, I kind of figured what would happen in Endgame. So I'm an old school comic book guy, and I go by what the, my Bible, if you will, are the actual comic books themselves. So I think they do a great job with the movies, and I'm glad Marvel is finally involved with the movies instead of letting some studio mess with your characters and make up stupid stories that make no sense. But I kind of figured that the good guys would, would have won. So, All right. But again, there, there are major spoilers, not just the general. There are specific spoilers in the trailer. So, like, don't watch it if you haven't, you know. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Uh, and that goes for you, too, listener. Don't you be watching spoiler trailers. Spoilers. Trailers? No, that just doesn't work. That's that's a lost cause. All right, moving on. I'm moving on. Forget it. Forget it. Oh my goodness. All right. You know what? I think I think that's about as good as time as any to to move on to the hockey talk, like the 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 ball hockey talk. James, what do you think? Sounds good, sir. All right. Yeah. I. You know what? You you always want to follow up a great podcast like last week with this kind of gold. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? In all honesty, that in, in the short time that episode 135 has been up, really thank you to all the listeners out there that have really spiked the listenership. So much appreciated. But yeah, hopefully that we, we hang on to those listeners now instead of them thinking, what the heck did we come back for this for? <laughs> Stay with us. I promise it gets better. Or your money back. <laughs> yeah. Craig, where I are you? I guarantee a refund in full to anyone who... Seriously, though, if you are paying for this podcast, you are getting ripped off. Yeah, and we're not seeing dime one either. No. All right. Anyway, James, can you please just tell us what's on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Craig wasn't kidding. In an incredible coincidence. No, really. After our new great friend Craig made his HTD debut last week, he filled us in on the popularity of deck hockey in the general Philadelphia area. DEC is even expanding about 40 miles north of Philly in Potsdam, PA, among middle school students. DEC's a real pal. The Police Athletic League is certainly not exclusive to just Pennsylvania. In what seems like the DEC hockey capital of the world on this podcast lately, back in Ontario, the city of Barrie has been celebrating National Police Week. Guess what sport is a featured event? And DEC tradition. It was the 49th anniversary of number four flying through the air, having just scored the cup-winning goal on May 10th. It sent the city of Boston in such a frenzy that a street hockey game launched soon after Mr. Orr was, and is still going on. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. We are taking back the streets. That's right. On this podcast. Yeah, and another thing that we are priding ourselves on, the American Rhino and I, is that most of our podcasts lately really deal with deck hockey specific topics. Jinx, 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 yes. jinx, jinx. Yeah. It's all right. We've got at least one more podcast before that's going to bite us. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, let's, you know, let, let's bask in the glory that is ball hockey and jump into this thing. Yeah, right. So in Potsdam, PA, which is a city just north of Philadelphia, the Police Athletic League has had its hands full in a great way in that they have now enough players, the uh, Potsdam Middle School players, that is, to form two deck hockey teams. Five years ago, when they started the PAL Deck Hockey League, they kind of struggled to get players involved. And they were even saying that there were no Potsdam kids at all. So fast forward to now. and There were no Potsdam kids at all? Well, not playing deck oh, hockey. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no. Has they're... Gritty been visiting that town secretly? Possibly. I mean, it is just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. Uh, we don't know what he did before he showed up at the Wells Fargo Center, although apparently he was incarcerated for a while. We don't know what he was put in the clink for. So, you know, it could be a situation of, uh, I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions, but. Uh, yeah, that that takes some gall, Gritty. If, if you're going to pull some nonsense with the police athletic league, that's not a very good idea. But no, there there were children and kids in Potsdam, just they weren't playing deck hockey, that's all. Or at least not in this league. Oh, phew. <laughs> yeah. My mistake. I apologize. All righty. Anyway. So it's like there was that movie a number of years ago, Mars Needs Moms. This is like Pots Needs People. <laughs> well, they've done a great job with expanding. And now that they have 348 players total, which comes out to 26 deck hockey teams. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a resurgence. 
Absolutely. A renaissance. And it's all homegrown, too, because they have middle school teachers involved. And obviously all the students or a lot of the students are playing. And it seems like it's really big. Oh, there's family members involved as well, which is great. And it's led by Ian Lawrence and even his wife. They're both middle school teachers in Pottstown. And they have been recruiting students over the last few years. And that's why it's really expanded to where it is now. And it's just like we're always saying that they just introduced the game of hockey to the younger generation when there was no exposure to it and they love it and it's gaining in popularity as they speak as we speak i should say so it's just really the same thing deck hockey especially you you take the intimidation of skating out of it and give another option to a kid maybe he doesn't like baseball or maybe he or she doesn't like basketball or whatever and there's another option out there and uh, Any time that you give a child or a young person a choice, maybe that makes him or her feel a little bit better. And, you know, uh, it's such a great sport that how can you not love it? Yeah, that's true. And it's always nice to have the police on your side. That's true. Especially if you're playing street hockey. Yeah, right. You know, there was actually, um, I stumbled on this a couple weeks ago. I didn't bring it up because it wasn't a recent thing. Uh, it was like a, a story from a, a few years ago. But... I don't even remember where it was. Uh, I No, I'm not even going to pretend that I, I know because I don't want to give misinformation. But there was an instance where there were some kids playing street hockey out in the middle of their street. And the neighbors, I guess, well, a neighbor, I guess, actually was upset that they were disrupting traffic in the street and called the cops on them. for playing like hockey in the middle of the street, I guess, I don't know, without a permit or whatever. I I don't know. Nonsense. So the cops came and (laughs) this is, this is great. And instead of telling the kids they had to vacate the premises and possibly finding them, the cops closed off the street and joined in the game with them. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. They told him, listen, you know, from now on, go find a park, but for that day they jumped in with them that's so cool and and yeah yeah we'll get the second story will perfectly tie into that as well fantastic well done and and the the police are the good guys everybody so i'm sure the listener feels that way and agrees with us so we just want to clear that up too you know that's just a fantastic story though and, and and the beauty of deck hockey too yeah yeah i mean you know those kind of situations are always heartwarming and and fun so plus you know, I mean, I don't know who that neighbor was, but don't be that guy. Like, that neighbor was that guy. Don't be that guy. Well said, American Ryan. So getting back to Pottstown, uh, yeah. a young man named Austin Spence, a 16-year-old and 10th grader, he is saying that uh, in this article quoted by Holly Herman, by the way, which is uh, the article that we are borrowing for this great story, Uh, She interviewed Mr. Spence, and he was quoted as saying, it is one of the best feelings in the world about coaching that he said he went from playing on this team to now seeing these kids step into our shoes and run faster in them than we ever could. And this is a 16-year-old saying that. I mean, it's not like a 41 beat-up fool like I am saying that, but that's pretty impressive that this young man's only 16 and the next generation is already being taught so well by these kids that experienced it them themselves firsthand and passing it on so quickly and so beautifully too. 
I don't know, man. The idea that you're already over the hill at 16 is a little depressing. <laughs> then I don't know what kind of borrowed time I'm on, man. Yeah, I'm sure I'm... it's like a sliding scale. So you're, you're, you've, you've probably plateaued. I'm no Yaramir Yager, I'll just say that. None of us are, believe me. (laughs) Unless Yaramir Yager is a listener, in which case he is. And also, (laughs) cool, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. You're very, very famous friends. You're welcome on the podcast anytime. Yes. Uh, And then another coach, Evan Wanish, he's 17, and uh, he said that deck hockey is the only organized sport he's ever played, and he loves it. And the things that he loves about it are uh, seeing friends from school, having a blast, enjoying it, and having the camaraderie of doing so. And another player, actually, uh, Margaret DiPietro, who's 14 years old and in the eighth grade, she plays on the Blue Jackets. And she was basically saying the same thing, that uh, when she plays deck hockey, she's not thinking about anything else. She's focusing on having fun, and she loves the challenge of it. And the fact that she gets to meet a lot of new people and bond and and be on a team and have fun. That's awesome. Really. And, uh, you know, the idea that these kids can start from such a young age and become so skilled. I mean, I know in places like Canada, this is commonplace. And and even if you have like, um, you know, for ice hockey in places like Minnesota and, and, you know, where hockey is really a a very central part of the culture. I know, you know, they get trained from a young age, but for something like this, where you're just grabbing a group of kids who aren't, you know, normally super exposed to it and ball hockey specifically bringing them up this way, that's really cool. And the fact that it's like um, a community thing with the police athletic league and not some private organization is even cooler. Agreed. And speaking of the Police Athletic League, we and Canada, we're going back to Ontario and really a very impressive thing, which ties in so nicely with the story that you just told, too, about the police cutting off the side street and Mm -hmm. uh, joining in the deck hockey fun. Uh, National Police Week at the recording of this podcast is being finished up in uh, Barrie in Ontario. But of all the great things that they did all week long on Tuesday of this week, at the recording of this podcast, they played deck hockey. Nice. Yes. And it was all from stemmed from the police. The whole point of the police week is to just show everybody that they're normal human beings too. And they want to have good relationships with the people in their communities and let them know that they are the good guys and they're there to help and just want to make friends and, and, and so on and so forth. So that's that's a nice overall story. But the fact that they focus with deck hockey as tying that all in really just warms my heart, and I'm sure yours too, American Rhino. Yeah, sure. I guess a lot of the same points can be said about this as the last story, so we don't have to you know cover the same ground over again. But I do have two follow-up questions, James. Sure. So this is the Canadian Police Athletic League. Does that make it the Royal Mounted police athletic league and if so would they be playing polo (laughs) those are very valid questions neither of which i have an answer for Eh? (laughs) but they did mention deck hockey specifically and the barry ball hockey club which they have players from that that would be taking on the police i guess it's kind of along the lines of in new york here that they have the traditional 
the uh, NYPD versus FDNY ice yeah. hockey game every mm -hmm. year. Very competitive every year. Sells out very quickly. It's a, it's kind of a big deal. Absolutely. And the American Rhino and his lovely wife, they have family members that served both the police force and the fire department. So God bless them and thank you for their wonderful service. But, Actually uh, have a bunch of uh, current firefighters in the family. So God bless. So yeah, so this is kind of along those lines too. And again, to have the police playing in the game, I guess you uh, got to be on your best behavior. So no high sticking and no elbowing and, and any of that nature, because if not only can these cops get your number, they can get your information and really put you in the sin bin of all sin bins. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to be cited for uh, roughing or unsportsmanlike. Exactly. I mean, it's Canada. Do they even have unsportsmanlike? I don't, I don't know. I've heard that opponents playing in the Stanley Cup final, if they were playing Toronto or you know, if they were playing against the Canadians or the Maple Leafs or what have you, then they said that the nasty side of the Canadians came out, which is really rare, but you know, that that's understandable as hockey is the religion to them up there. So I guess, yeah, I don't know what you have to do to really get a Canadian angry, but you could get him passionate just by messing with his favorite hockey team. Sorry, my head got in the way of your stick, eh? Yeah, right. But yeah, so that was just a nice, cute little story. And uh, so I hope the game went well. I hope everybody had fun. And that's really quite cool that you have two interesting stories with the Police Athletic League using deck hockey as a great tool and positive activity to enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of positive activities to enjoy, James, this one's a doozy. Yeah, it's 49 years in the making. 49 years. So as James said earlier in the on deck, um, 49 years ago, Bobby Orr leapt through the air in scoring a, a game-winning goal to you know, cement his place in, in not only Boston history, but in NHL history. And so the excitement and the hype surrounding that moment 49 years ago inspired a group of adults and kids to go out and play a hockey game in the street, in like just on a, a, a random street in Boston. And so unlike most hockey games, they just kept doing it like they made it like an every single week thing and it's been going in the same spot outside of the same house even though the people that started the hockey game no longer live in that house with the same nets <laughs> and the same battered old handmade wooden nets and like not even a proper deck hockey ball so what they use is well, they've used a bunch of different things but i think what they're using now is like a kind of a, a soft a plastic baseball with holes drilled in it and like paper towels stuffed in it i think that they said that's what gives them the best bounce on the street and and you know they they could use a proper deck ball but but that would go against tradition by cracky and this has been going on, as I said, for 49 years, like every single week without fail, rain or shine, regardless of weather conditions, regardless of how many people show up, they play. They play multiple games sometimes if they have a lot of people. People drive for over an hour to get to this one game in the middle of the street, and it's it's nuts. 
you know, actually, James, what this reminds me of, and and I don't know if you saw this movie, the movie Tag, which came out, uh, I think, last year or the year before. And basically, it was, uh, who was it? Jeremy Renner was in it, Hawkeye. He was in it. That guy from The Hangover, Ed Helms, was in it. I don't know, some other funny people, I guess. I don't, I don't remember. But that that movie, the, the premise of that movie was that a group of friends like four childhood friends have been playing the same game of tag for like 30 years or 40 years or whatever. And like one month out of the year, they, I think the month of May or something, they play tag. Like the game is, is on for the entire month and they travel around the country because they live in different areas. They travel around the country and sneak up on each other and make them it. <laughs> so, uh, and it's, it's the movie was based on a true story. It was based on an actual thing that a group of friends like had been playing this one game of tag for 30 or 40 years or whatever. So that, that is what this reminded me of. The idea that you start something when you're young and you just keep doing it. And honestly, between tag and ball hockey, I'm going to take the ball hockey. Amen. You took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely. And this is up in Salem, Massachusetts, by the way. And the street is Chestnut Street. They exactly, the American Rhino said it right, that it's still being played in the same street, Salem, Massachusetts. And the Burns brothers were the first ones to start it. And at the time, they were adults. They weren't young kids. So that's what makes it that much more charming. And they made sure that they passed it on to the next generation and so on and so forth. And neighbors and friends and family and everything is, as the American Rhino said too, that people drive from all over the place and to, to participate and it's it's a pickup game on the street so that's harkening back to the heyday of the 70s especially in boston cities like boston and here in new york as gary and i have said too before everybody stayed inside with the cell phones and tablets and playing video games we as kids used to play outside and one of the things that we would play as the seasons would change too by the way would be street hockey and deck hockey so that's the same thing there and it's really very charming and sweet and yes, I appreciate that too. That was a great point you brought up that they use the handmade nets made of wood and chicken wire. And yes, they have their very original puck too, but they just, and they've experimented. They used tennis ball at one point, which I couldn't imagine trying to play deck hockey with a tennis ball. They've tried wiffle balls. They even said that they used miniature basketballs that worked well if you deflated them. So I'm curious to try and, and figure that one out. But Milek, you know, if you're listening, I think you guys mastered all of those crazy things to come up with the great ball hockey puck that you have. But that's what these gentlemen said and, and ladies is that they don't want to ruin the charm of the game by using stuff like that. So they still have the same old beat up nets and, and this crazy uh, puck that they use. And the other thing which any city dweller would appreciate is that most anything is in play. So if, if the ball goes under a car or uh, they, they try and block off the sewers, which is very important, you know, it, the ball's in play. So they, they people that are in the neighborhood know not to park their cars on Chestnut Street come Sunday. But, I mean, yeah, the idea that's always in play, I, uh, I may have talked about this on the podcast before. When I was in college, I briefly was recruited into a game that was invented by 
some group of people from Stuyvesant High School called Steffenloft, which was basically ultimate kill the man with the ball. But the, one of the rules for that game, there was only a couple, uh, well, three if you include this one. There was no kicking someone who's unconscious, no right. biting. But the, the reason why I bring this up, the other rule was that the ball was always in play. There were no boundaries. Like it went, it, I think it went into the uh, the Hudson River once and it was still in play. So like somebody had to try and get it. But um, it's, uh, yeah, uh, the idea, I mean, I don't know if you've played a game like that, James, where the ball is always in play, but it can be a lot of fun because, you know, you the flow of the game is, is fun and crazy. And in some ways you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, something like hockey where, the ball can go shooting down the street and someone would have to chase after it. And, uh, you know, while it's still in play, that could be annoying. But on the whole, I think it brings a level of excitement and a level of energy to the game that it wouldn't ordinarily have. Yeah, that's true, too. And we can relate as uh, playing on streets and stuff like that. Exactly. But the, the, the clever people of Chestnut Street even went so far as to put those pool noodles, you know, those, those styrofoam things that uh, float in the pool to wrap stop signs with them so players that may crash into the signs won't really legitimately hurt themselves or there's a cushion there because that's how intense it gets. And exactly, yeah, yeah, when when you're going for that ball and there's no stopping it, you know, there's no icing or anything or or boards to stop it. (laughs) So you just got to outrun the guy or girl that's uh, next to you and and can get control. Yeah, I mean. That really is that really is what it comes down to. And like I said, it it can be really exciting because the you know, you're always playing and that frenetic energy doesn't let up. So, yeah, I can see how that could lead to some injuries and how you would want to protect yourself against that. But yeah, so if you are in the Boston or the Salem area or you can get to Salem on a weekend on Chestnut Street, then you too can jump in on this game. So I say do it, you know, like seriously, go do it. Tell us how it is. Yeah, That's an they, order. And they uh, they made a point too to say fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, neighbors and strangers, everybody's allowed to play. And I'm guessing that they don't have clocks or anything like that either. Maybe they have an organized game where they say that first team to 10 goals or something wins. So I'd imagine maybe... It's something along those lines, too. Yeah, it doesn't. The article doesn't dictate how they decide games in terms of time or score or what have you. But I imagine that it's something, especially on days when they have to get in multiple games. I imagine they'll set some kind of limit or maybe, you know, maybe it's like they play for an hour or two hours or whatever. And whoever's up at the end of that time, I I don't know. I would be interested in learning more about this game. So if you are in that area, drop us a line and let us know, you know, because this sounds like something that's worth finding out about. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's something, well, you need a very dedicated group of people to try something like this on your own. And, and they have a 49 year head start, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. It's like, it's, it's something that kind of ties generations together. It, it gives that kind of continuity to hockey that we love so much about the sport. You know, the idea of, of passing it on year after year with that unbroken line. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's really cool. So, you know, if you're, if you're a hockey fan 
and you're in the Salem, Boston, whatever area, then then, you know, like I said, go go check that out. And I think you'll have a good time. And uh, speaking of having a good time, James, I've got some exciting news for you. In no fact, way. yep. In fact, for the second week in a row, we are going to feature the return of everybody's favorite segment this week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. Yes. And so, oh my Gritty. Oh my Gritty. There are only a couple of things to talk about this week, so this will be a quick one, but I think you'll enjoy this. So, first of all, Gritty can now legitimately call himself an award-winning mascot. What? Yes. Actually, you know what? I would say he could already because as we reported earlier on the podcast, not this podcast, but in an earlier podcast on This Week in Gritty, he was voted by NHL players as the most popular mascot in the NHL. So he did win that. But now he has another award to add to his terrifying cave or whatever, you know, den of doom he resides in under the Wells Fargo Center because Gritwald has in fact won a Webby Award for best social media. When you said Webby, for some reason I thought of the Slammy Awards. I'm sorry. Oh, I was thinking Webigail from DuckTales. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that is possibly because my daughter watches the current new incarnation of DuckTales. Have you seen that show, James? I don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before. No, I, unfortunately, I was trying to get the excuse to watch it with my niece and nephew because I felt weird watching it by myself, but uh, I've only seen clips of it. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, I mean, not to get off on too much of a tangent because obviously we want to talk about Gritty, but the short version is it's, you know, I think I did talk about this on the podcast once before, but regardless, yeah. it's... It's a little different. The animation is definitely a different style and the humor is a little more, I don't know, modern. It's a little more quippy and definitely it has a lot more references to pop culture than the old one had. But I will say that there is, you know, it's a lot of fun, the show and the characters, they made some changes like Mrs. Beakley is now a, I mean, she's still the housekeeper, but she used to be like an international super spy. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of references to the original show and the Disney afternoon. Uh. So like in one of the episodes, they were trying to track down the recipe for an ancient potion, which turned out to be gummy berry juice. <laughs> from gummy bears and there was one episode where they wound up getting captured by sky pirates led by don carnage wow from, nice uh from tailspin right and there's just a lot of those little kind of nods to the original stuff so that that's you know obviously it's being produced by fans of the original and that's nice to see that's always nice to see Definitely. But we're not talking here <laughs> about the DuckTales. We're talking about the Gritty. And as I said, Gritty is now, <laughs> he is now an award winner. In fact, he went to the Webby Awards. He, he showed up there in a suit and totally. his hockey helmet. 
and he he accepted his award for best social media with grace and a plum and a confetti cannon. <laughs> Jeez. Very excited. You know, it's gritty. He he gets a little worked up. I have to see him in a tux. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, that was that was Gritty's windfall. But kind of as a result of this, sort of as a result of this, Keenan Thompson from SNL, I guess he's a Philadelphia native, and he was on an interview with a local radio show. And so they got to talking about Gritty a little bit. And bottom line, Keenan wants Gritty to come and host SNL. Oh, Lord. So we may see Gritty hosting Saturday Night Live one of these days. But Gritty doesn't talk, right? Yes, yes, that is correct. Gritty doesn't talk, although he does hold up the cue cards like okay. to, you know, as as his speech. So I don't know. I'm sure they could figure something out. But uh, good thing I, it's I, not radio. Yeah, I will say for a show that is on as late as Saturday Night Live is, it's a little odd that Keenan would suggest Gritty coming on because in this same interview, he he himself even acknowledged that Gritty haunts people's dreams. So like that close to sleep, I don't know if I'd want to see Gritty on my television. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so short but sweet but i think worth talking about and so james that has been this week in gritty this week in gritty and i think that's going to do it for another episode of hit the deck so dear listener thank you for sticking with us for another week as i said i hope the sound quality was better this week and i hope you find it worth your while so you know with all that being said i think we're going to bring this one home last minute remaining in the podcast And that being the case, we would, of course, like to thank you for listening to another episode of Hit the Deck. We sincerely appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, there would be no us. So thank you. Thank you a million times. Thank you for that. We would also like to thank Anthony Sejazi for providing us with music here on the pod. And, um, you know, we're so very grateful that we get the opportunity to keep doing this for you every single week. So thank you again to... Craig from last week for any of the new listeners and and welcome. If you are a new listener to the podcast, thank you. Thank you to him. Thank you to all the exciting guests we have coming up in upcoming weeks. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just super exciting. So with all those guests coming up, you're going to want to make sure you hear these episodes. So please subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, you you know, you can get us on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or uh, pocket cast is how Craig found us or any number of podcasting platforms. Get, get us on there, subscribe, whatever platform you choose to use, subscribe on there. And uh, you know, you'll get us, you won't have to go searching for us every week. We'll just be right there in your feed right there waiting for you and if you want to contact us if you want to do what craig did last week or any of our other fans who have chosen to contact us or or, uh you know potential listeners that have have contacted us over the years you can do so by emailing us at hit the deck at gmail.com we are hit the deck pod on twitter and we are of course at hit the deck on instagram and on facebook and of course there's youtube we are hit the deck podcast on there so we'd love to hear from you always james is there anything you'd care to add here at the end of the show yes thank you sir and very much thank you thank you for this week in gritty that was unexpected so nice surprise this list is going to expand in the next few months because again thanks to craig and the great guests that he has lined up for us but for now 
Looking for places to play deck? Please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, and the VAR Hockey League. And of course, please donate to LaGrange Hockey and help Eileen Messler and her teammates to get them to Slovakia and help their fundraiser there. And thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you, James. Thank you, sir. Of course. So, you know, that being the case, it is, it is, it is about that time. It's about that time. It's about that time to remind you, dear listener, that whether you are playing with the boys in blue or the boys in red, eh? Whether you are the new hotness in the hockey world or whether you've been doing this for the best part of 50 years, regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, war has really become a thing that, like, I don't know. It, that's the big thing now, right? That's the big mm-hmm. uh, kind of... Yeah, uh, and again, uh, I don't know. And you know what I'm I say? Not... War. Huh. Good God, y'all. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. War. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh, had I known this was the direction the conversation would take, I might have saved this for the podcast. <laughs>